everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of the Fit Life Formula podcast. My name is Brian Sippitz. I'm the CEO and founder at Advantage Strength in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The Fit Life Formula is intended to help uh, anybody, any adults especially, looking to maintain a healthy lifestyle, um, an active lifestyle, so they can keep moving with their family and friends and doing the things that they love to do. And so every week we're going to tackle topics that are going to help you um, be healthier, be more vibrant, be more able to move and continue doing the things that you want to do um, well into your uh, 70s and 80s. And so today um, we have a, I guess it's uh, someone that I've just been introduced to. One of our members actually just saw him uh, for a little bit of a cleanup, uh, a knee cleanup. And so today we have uh, Dr. Chris Aldrink, who is an orthopedic surgeon at St. Joe with the IHA, IHA group there. Um, and so Dr. Aldrink, thanks so much for joining us. No, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. No, and, and I'm excited to chat today because I think, you know, you help so many people um, who have gotten into into sort of a tough spot with it, whether it's an acute injury or an injury that happens, you know, in the blink of an eye or if it's something that has just progressed to that point. Um, and so I guess what I'd like to talk about today, first, learn, uh, learn a little bit more about you, where you're where you're coming from with this, and then... Um, kind of just talk about what you're seeing and how we can, I mean, not, n- no offense or anything, but we'd like to keep people away from you as much as possible. hope that uh, <laughs> sounds right. But, uh, but, you know, we'll talk about some, some ways where uh, some things that people can do to sort of injury proof or, um, you know, be less injury uh, prone, I guess we'll say. So uh, let's start with you. Talk about, I know you're um, U of M undergrad and medical school. Um, but take us from there. Where, where have you been and, and how did you settle into the orthopedic surgery uh, specialty, specialty? Yeah, I kind of grew up on the west side of the state in the Grand Rapids area. And uh, from there, as you stated, kind of came to Ann Arbor back in 1995 for college and got to go through the, uh, some of the glory years of Michigan sports at the time. Um, stuck around Ann Arbor because I liked it so much for med school. And then Went to uh, Henry Ford Hospital in Detroit, Michigan, where I did my orthopedic residency training, which was a five-year program, kind of being exposed to the different specialties within orthopedics, everything from sports medicine to joint replacement to spine surgery. And then uh, upon graduating that program, ventured to uh, Iowa City, Iowa, where I spent a year with the University of Iowa Athletic Department working with their athletes and the uh, surgeons within the orthopedic surgery division, kind of honing in my skills on sports medicine, uh, learning from some of the leaders in the field uh, in the nation. And then from there, moved back to Michigan to be close to family and uh, joined the St. Joe's Medical Group and, and eventually IHA, as you stated, and that's where I've been for the last 10 years. Uh, I work hard in the community. I like to volunteer a lot of time working with a lot of sports teams around the area, you know, things I'm passionate about, uh, sports medicine, and and really helping athletes of all ages to continue to be active throughout their lives, um, leading a very active, healthy lifestyle. Great. And so, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a perfect fit. I think we're working with, uh, call them athletes, but I think a lot of people wouldn't, uh, consider themselves athletes, but anybody who wants to move, I consider an athlete. So we'll, we'll stick with that definition. Um, so we're just, we're, we're working at it from different angles here, but both with the same goal. Um, and so I know a lot of times in orthopedic surgery, you you find a lot of, um, former athletes is, is that you, or were you just, you had an extreme interest in sports and, um, that's what led you there. 
Yeah, I kind of grew up playing sports, got started at a young age. You know, this is back in the era of your parents said, go outside and figure it out and find something to do, right? So you kind of ran around and made up games and just got involved in playing a lot of different sports, you know, everything from soccer in the fall to hockey on the uh, on the ponds and the lakes uh, in the wintertime to basketball. So it was kind of a, a year-round, you know, athletic endeavor just you know trying to again incorporate that healthy lifestyle and just having that be something you're exposed to at a young age and just adopting that as just part of a normal uh, healthy lifestyle recognizing that activity is very important um, grew up working with my dad outside a lot you know, building around the house retaining walls uh, you know decks and so working with my hands was always something I enjoy doing as well so I think as I got into my training and started to really evaluate what made me excited, what I was passionate about. I think that combination of working with athletes and sports as well as working with my hands is kind of what ultimately drove me to uh, orthopedic sports medicine. Nice. And uh, yeah, and, and obviously you, you are working with your hands and I think, uh, I think there's a lot more, I mean, just force involved in what you do than, than people realize, but uh, we won't go into the gory details, I don't think. Cause so how about you? Were you, were you ever injured yourself? Did you ever go through this as a, as an athlete or as a kid? Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, I think, you know, your typical bumps, bumps and bruises, right? So, you know, your typical ankle sprains in basketball, I, I ran track. And so I had some issues with, uh, shin pain with a lot of my athletes, uh, deal with now. And it's actually really neat to be able to connect with them and empathize back to what that felt like going through that, just the frustrations of constantly having to go through, rehabilitation and, and training to get back on the, on the field and to compete. So, uh, you know, it's, it's something that I can definitely relate to. Um, fortunately, as I've gotten older, I've uh, maybe I've gotten smarter about how and when I train, but I have not had any major injuries, knock on wood, uh, yet. So we'll hopefully keep things going. Yeah. That, that connection piece is huge. And, and, uh, you know, just being able to, at least empathize, you know, because if you've had that experience, you know exactly what they're going through. And, and so that's a key, I think that's a huge piece of that. Um, and so, you know, you actually sort of walked me into what I wanted to talk about next. And, and that is kind of, what are you, what are you seeing most? And is there anything in general that you can attribute that to? Let's, let's talk on the adult side. Cause I know, you know, you're in athletics and high school athletics, you're going to see, um, knee stuff, um, possibly, you know, shoulder stuff, ankle stuff, maybe you're going to see all of that just based on acute sports injuries. Um, but let's talk, I know the the member that you saw was an adult. Um, and it was sort of a, I guess an acute thing, but I'm guessing there was some other wear and tear stuff that led up to that, to the led up to that. So tell me a little bit about what you see most in the adult population right now. Um, and what you might attribute that to. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's interesting. We do see a lot more in the you know already over forty uh, adult population. Most of the sports type or athletic injuries are, are really more related to overuse type injuries, and these can be both due to improper training techniques uh, with doing too much, too fast, too soon, uh, without proper rest and, and in between activities. Uh, a lot of it can just be. People starting out wanting to get active and they haven't been for a while and, and jumping into things without proper knowledge and, and just uh, understanding of basic exercise uh, principles, I guess. Uh, and, and the hard thing here is, you know, as we continue to want to be active and, and engage in physical activity, 
I mean, we are, are working against our, our bodies to some extent, our normal physiology and just the, the changes that we see in our bodies, you know, our muscles, our tendons, our bones, our cartilage as we age, uh, our bodies do start to undergo different responses to just over the years wear and tear. And so it can be that much more crucial that we do invest appropriately in ourselves and, and train the right way. Yeah. And not to, you know, being in the field that I'm in, we, we have people who are just starting out or restarting uh, kind of after a couple of years off of, of moving. And our philosophy has always been to start low and build up from there rather than let's get this crushing workout the first day. So we really impress people with how much we can make them tired. Um, it turns out that that gets people hurt, not just tired, but, and then they end up taking another three months off because they're recovering. So, um, not to, I'm not going to, you know, sort of bash any particular set of, um, training styles, but I think, I think there's too much right now, especially in the fitness industry. There's so much, uh, hype and publicity on like the killer workouts and the, you know, you've got to go hard and you've got to sweat a lot and you've got to do all these things in order to be healthier in order to get anything out of your workout. But, um, I would argue, you know, just the opposite that, that if you come in under what you think you need to do and do that more consistently, you're going to be much better in the long run, sort of like a tortoise and hare situation. Um, what have you found to be, I don't know, keep people, what keeps people out of your office is, is where I'm going, I guess. Yeah. And, and I mean, I think it's a great question. And really to that point, I, I will tell you, despite being an orthopedic surgeon and obviously surgery is a major component of my practice, I will tell you that probably 90% of what I see and talk to people about are, are non-surgical things, you know, overuse injuries that through appropriate training and education uh, can get better and, and not require surgery. So obviously, I, I, that's my goal as well, is to keep people out of the operating room and keep people happy and functional. And, and I completely prescribed your, your philosophy about the correct way to exercise and train. I know the kind of mantra of super intense workouts a few times a week, really, you know, feeling the burn and, you know, and then almost like you said, putting yourself down and out for the next couple of days was sort of this this theory that once you know circulated around athletic circles. And the reality is, like you stated, you know, American College of Sports Medicine recommends more daily activity, not this super intense workout, but more moderate activity, 20 to 60 minutes a day, every day of the week. And I know the US Surgeon General even also recommends 30 minutes of moderate activity daily as well. So we really know that it requires this daily subjecting your body to these, you know, different measures to, to really help drive fitness and overall health. Um, you know, people always are asking, well, how do you know moderate activity versus intense, right? And so some of the easy things we, we talk about, at least monitoring your, your heart rate, your maximum heart rate. And, and with technology these days with, you know, watches and bands and, and other devices that can monitor your heart rate and people being very aware of the number of steps they're taking throughout the day. I think these, these, tools can be very useful um, to, to help calculate what that heart rate should be. But in general, if you take 220 and subtract your chronological age, that kind of gives you a general idea of where your maximal heart rate should lie. And in general, when we're talking about these moderate activities, moderate workouts, you kind of want to keep that maximum heart rate 
somewhere in that 55 to 65% of that value range. So for people that are just starting out, that can give you a good sort of a baseline litmus test to know kind of well, where should I be? How do I know when I'm getting a moderate workout versus you know driving and pushing too hard? Yeah. And to, to your point about that, I, I think, and we, we hadn't discussed this, but this, the title of this podcast is the fit life formula and the, the fit life formula is just this thing that I kind of came up with because it seemed to make sense and, and be, you know, something that people could stick with. It could be a lifestyle, uh, but the formula is three days of something you love doing that takes you through big ranges of motion that brings your heart rate up to, you know, above where it would be, you know, probably right where it would be during a brisk walk or something. Um, two days of strength training and then one workout that is that, that kind of get your heart rate way up like an interval based workout, something that's kind of miserable to do, but doesn't take a long time, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, but that is the, the formula three days, something you love two days of strength training, one day, one workout that just sucks. Um, and, but that agrees kind of with what you were bringing up about the American college of sports medicine. And, um, I forget the other resource that you, that you cited there, but, um, okay. Yeah. Surgeon general. So just, just going through ranges of motion, you know, doing something that's, that's varied, you know, we're talking about varied movements. We're not talking about, you know, cycling every single day. Cause if, and I'll let you talk about this too, the more ranges of motion you can go through, the more ranges of motion you're going to maintain. And I imagine a lot of what you see is due to, um, maybe some improper training, but also maybe just people getting back to doing things when maybe they don't have the shoulder range of motion that they used to have, or, um, you know, maybe they do have a bit of arthritis. We're getting into like extreme knee flexion, that kind of thing. Do you, do you see things like that where you just see people losing range of motion as they get past 40? Yeah, it definitely can happen. Uh, and certainly, you know, just physiologically, a lot of changes that the body goes through as we age, um, you know, that, we know in general our you know, oxygen utilization, for example, starts to decline. Our ability, you know, a 60-year-old, for example, only utilizes about 80% of the oxygen that a 20-year-old counterpart utilizes. So, you know, we see decreased heart rates. We see harder time breathing, lower overall lung capacity, ability to get the oxygen to where it needs to be. So I think in general, you're right, the aging athlete needs to understand and recognize that you know, our bodies aren't the same as they were when we were 20 years old. And we have to listen to our bodies that more, more intently to, to get that feedback to know, you know, where we're at and where we need to be going. Uh, I think you're right as far as, you know, as you start looking at people that have arthritis and develop arthritis, you're right. It does change the, the joint mechanics. It changes your range of motion. And, and I think I try to stress to my patients that the philosophy is more an optimization of what you got, right? Trying to maintain that range of motion. Maybe it's not a full range that you had 30, 40 years ago, but trying to maintain what you've got and certainly build the supporting cast, build the strength around that just to optimize things. Well, and that brings up another point. What what can we what can we do to keep the the joints moving well? What can we do to keep that tissue strong? And even though yes, we're going to see some declines in age, but what should we be doing to to maintain that tissue strength and and tendon strength and joint mechanics? Yeah, I think it fits well with your philosophy on advantage health. I mean, in general, you know, the three main components you want to look at are are, are your aerobic activity, right? Your cardio, 
your strength training or resistance training. And I think a lot of times people lose sight of that. They, they think about exercise as running, you know, I got to go run a half marathon. I have to run a 5k. It's not just the, the cardio, right? It's not just that aerobic activity. It's so important to have the strength and conditioning component uh, so that you are spending those two days a week, really doing some, some exercises, you know, trying to do eight or 10 different exercises, different muscle groups, trying to do sets that involve 15 repetitions, not just maxing out at two or three or four, um, trying to build up that, that muscle mass, that endurance, that fatigue resistance. So I think that that's really important. And I think the other part of it too, is you got to make it fun, right? Like you said, make it something you enjoy doing. It doesn't have to be you know, going to the gym and, and getting on a bicycle or a treadmill. It can be something as little as just trying to decrease the amount of time that you spend sitting down during the day. You know, it doesn't even have to be exercise as people think about it. You know, just try to get up, get moving more, you know, park a little bit further away from the grocery store. Um, you know, try to call your friends and go for an evening walk. Try to make, make it fun, make it, make it, make it social. And I think what people often lose sight of too, just to add to that, I think what people lose sight of is, you know, like gardening can be your exercise for a day like that. That counts. It doesn't have to be. And I think this is the popularization of fitness and, um, you know, fitness places. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go to the gym to move, to work out. And it doesn't have to be that you go out for a run. It can be, um, you gardening, you rolling around on the floor with your, your kids or your grandkids or your dog. Um, but just again, getting through those ranges of motion and, and just maintaining the ability to move and also, you know, moving for 20, 25, 30 minutes at a time. Um, you know, yard work can be, can be, um, exercise and anybody who's done yard work who hasn't done it for a while will tell you the next day that yard work is exercise. Right. But, um, but that's the kind of movement we're talking about. Um, I was more sore the other day after moving rocks in my wheelbarrow than I was running eight miles the day before. So yeah. I can attest to that. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Um, and so let's say, let's say you've gotten moving again. Um, you've, you're starting to feel like a nagging thing or you've had this thing for a while or you're interested in getting moving, but you have this, this consistent pain. How do you know, when it's time to, to seek help for that. Um, so how do you know, like, what are the signs that you need to seek help? And what are the signs that maybe this is a, maybe just a strength or a mus- muscular imbalance or something that might clear up with training? So how, how do you, how would you know that? Yeah, I think a lot of it is just kind of monitoring the symptoms. So obviously if, you know, you start developing symptoms after starting a, a new workout regimen, a new exercise, it's certainly very common to have some muscular soreness the next couple of days there's always a delay as you start to break down a new muscle group and maybe work it harder than it's been worked before so that's typical to get some discomfort sometimes even some swelling the first few days but if you find that between doing simple things like icing taking low dose anti-inflammatories heat stretching if you find that as time progresses that 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 ache that nag isn't getting better isn't going away and certainly if you start to experience discomfort that's now starting to encompass and affect your your activities of just normal daily living you know getting around the house going to the store you know and and pain at rest can be one of the other warning signs you know pain that starts to disrupt your sleep at night or make it more difficult if you're starting to experience those symptoms it's usually advisable to at least 
you know, get it checked out, whether or not that's with your primary care physician or with an orthopedic specialist. Um, it's always a good idea to get those checked out so you're not creating more damage um, instead of getting things better. Are we talking about a period of months? Are we talking weeks or? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's different for, for, for every athlete and I think it's different for different body parts. Um, you know, I, I think uh, I'm guilty as charged as, as putting my head in the sand a little bit at times too, you know, trying to push through things and just kind of listening to my body and seeing where it goes. If I find that things are getting worse and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to complete that workout that was easy a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, you know, it never hurts to get things checked out. Um, you know, like I said, pain at rest, swelling, certainly symptoms of, of catching or locking. I think about the knee, for example, is a very common joint that we experience, you know, discomfort in. If you start looking at your knee and you start saying, man, my knee is really getting big because, you know, people are commenting to me that why is your knee so swollen or why are you limping or my, my, my knee's not, my, it's getting stuck. It's not allowing me to move it as freely as it did before. Those can be worrisome signs that there may be something structural going on in that knee that might benefit from getting evaluated. Okay. Yeah. So the first step would be, um, evaluation. And then from there, you know, it's, it's your, you're recommending if it's a, a situation that can be cleared up with physical therapy, that's your, you know, you, you, you would refer that if it's a surgical situation, obviously you're taking care of that as well. Correct. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I, I think, um, you know, it, I think the biggest takeaways for us today are just to hear from someone like, I, I think it's interesting to know, to note that you're not, you're seeing more overuse injury than anything else. And a lot of Correct. times that can be either due to imbalance or just improper mechanics while doing either a certain thing or just life in general. Um, and I think, I think that just kind of speaks to the importance of like we talked about too, just continuing to move, continuing to go through ranges of motion. Maybe if you feel like uh, your exercise program needs some help um, or you, you want to know if you're doing the right thing for your body, you know, it's important to, to seek professionals there's lots now like this is there's more gyms and more training available than ever before so um, hopefully we're able to keep people in a position where they aren't feeling pain and they're they're um you know living healthier more active lives um so dr aldrink any way you know i think this is we're mainly local here with the podcast i think we have uh you know some national listeners but um Anybody who's local, if, if we need to use you as a resource, is that okay in terms of uh, calling in and getting in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, our office, our group is Orthopedic Surgery Associates. We have an office both at the St. Joe's main campus near Eastern Michigan University's football stadium, as well as in Canton, uh, right off of Canton Center Road. So we have uh, providers in both, both locations to help reach that audience. I know our General office number is uh, area code 734-712-2200 for those that uh, would like to come in to be seen and we're happy to uh, work people in. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks so much, Chris. I appreciate the conversation today and uh, the insights there. Really super valuable, I think, especially for our listeners as they navigate this. Uh, it's sort of walking a, a fine line between you know, training to the point where you are creating a, enough stimulus to, to 
get some sort of response or to get some sort of training effect, but also not taking it too far. So uh, thanks for your insight there. And um, guys, if, uh, if you're listening, really appreciate you taking the time to listen. And until next time, make sure you're following the Fit Life formula. That's three days of something you love to do, two days of strength training, and one workout that just sucks. Uh, take care, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.